In order to highlight the particular emphasis of our service this morning, our scripture reading is paraphrased, taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. For just as the body is one and had many kinds of members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For by one Spirit we were baptized into one body, healthy, wise, challenged, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the church does not consist of one kind of member, but of many. The person who is physically challenged may say, Because I am not able to move as freely as others, I cannot do all tasks by myself. Yet I am no less a part of this body. And the person with a developmental disability may say, Because I learn new things differently than you do, I need extra time and help yet I am no less a part of this body. The person who is hearing impaired may say, because I do not hear well, I cannot sing on key, yet I am no less a part of this body. If the whole church were teachers, where would the learners be? If the whole church were well off, where would the needy be? As it is, God arranged all kinds of people in a church, each one of them just as God chose. If we were all a single kind with the same mind, where would the church be? As it is, many kinds of people are needed, yet there is one church. People who are able to read litanies cannot say to the non-readers, we really don't need you. Nor can folks who are emotionally stable say that they don't need those who are emotionally challenged. On the contrary, the people of the church who seem weaker are indispensable. But God has so composed the church that there may be no discord in the membership and that members may have the same care for one another, a covenant of care for one another. If one member suffers, all All suffer suffer together. together. If one One member member is left out, all are hurt. Again? If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now we are the body of Christ, and each one of us is a part of it. Amen. Thank you so much for reading that scripture. Let's pray. God, thank you that we are not all alike. Thank you that there is diversity that completes this puzzle. We ask that you would open our ears, our hearts, our eyes to see and receive the depth and breadth of the diversity. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our savior. Amen. I became um, a practicing Christian in my late teens. 
And it was then, after a while, that I really wanted to join a church. And I didn't care much what denomination it was. I just wanted to go to a church that was real. You know, a place where people gathered together because they cared about one another. And they wanted to learn and grow in faith and in the scripture and in in Jesus. Ordinarily, um, in traditional mainline churches like Tricon, when I went to visit, I would find a group of people who would come in exactly on time and they would sit uh, in their same seats every week, the same seat they sat in, and they would look straight forward at the chancel. And it was like a movie screen. And they would sit there until the final hymn, which signaled a quick and uh, quiet exit. And they wouldn't talk to one another. You know, there was no relationship. No one said hello to me or shook my hand. I could have gone there for 20 years anonymously. It was not the kind of church I was looking for, so... I tried a more Pentecostal tradition, a more evangelical tradition, and there I found loud singing, free-form prayers. People lifted up their hands to praise God and worship. And there was lots and lots of interaction and love for one another, unless you were visiting. And your hair was too long, or your clothes too revealing, or maybe you had a tattoo or a piercing in the wrong place, or were divorced, perhaps you were an ex-convict, you went to movies, or were not sure of who Jesus was, or were unemployed, consumed alcohol, or had any problems whatsoever that prayer did not already solve. I was that kind of visitor. So two middle-aged elders um, took me aside, invited me to a quiet room to explain that my exterior did not appear holy and respectable enough in the eyes of God. And they read lots of scriptures from their well-used Bibles, and they tenderly told me if I were indeed saved, I would naturally be, well, like them. And I would abide with their rules. There are many, 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 many rules. Their concern for my eternal life was as genuine as their desire to keep me out of their church and away from the sanctified people. We did, however, find mutuality in our common pity for one another. I am really glad that I did not judge Jesus by his followers. I wouldn't be standing here now. That's for sure. When a missionary asked, um, as a missionary to India, asked Gandhi, what was the major stumbling block to converting uh, India to Christianity? Gandhi smiled quickly and he said, Christians. (laughs) We're confronted with difference. It's hard to remember. In fact, it's quite easy to forget that each one of us, inside and outside the church, is a beautiful creature created by God in the image of God. And it's because we forget how inextricably linked we are that we have 41 
thousand Christian denominations. Not 4,100, 41,000 Christian denominations. Now, I don't really mind denominationalism itself because there are multitudes of ways and various expressions to worship God and be a worshipful community. What I do have trouble with is exclusivity. No group can claim that they perfectly reflect God and that their doctrines, theologies, religions, and practices are exclusively the way to please God. So finding a church that goes beyond the ordinary church and really works to make room for everyone is really kind of hard. And also being a beyond ordinary church takes a constant vigilance. It's not enough to write in the church mission statement that we are an inclusive church. All are welcome. What church doesn't say that? But we have to practice and participate in that every single Sunday and every single meeting we go to, in every event, to be absolutely sure that we include and affirm every person as precious and worthy and acceptable. This is what the Beyond Ordinary Church looks like. No matter how you view the Bible, when you read it, it becomes very clear from beginning to end that God wants to be in relationship with each and every one of God's creatures. That's very clear. And it's also clear that God is a God of accessibility. Every single created being has accessibility to God. Everyone, no matter what you look like, no matter how you cut your hair, no matter how you dress. In fact, the gospel is filled with story after story of Jesus interacting with the rejected ones. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. There we go. And Jesus was always constantly going to the outcasts, to the ones who were marginalized, to the people who were rejected by society, people who had some kind of disability or marginalized or outcast. If you think of the lepers who were set aside, Jesus was there. The Samaritan woman at the well, do you remember her? She gave new definition to unrighteousness. Jesus was there saying, come, giving her water. To Zacharias, the foul tax gatherer, Jesus said, at your house, we'll eat today. To Roman soldiers, and on and on it goes. The only people that Jesus seemed to have difficulty with with, was those who attempted to make God exclusive to only their way of being, to only the righteousness of they had, to only the religion that they had, the ones who fit in and had social and religious status. These are the ones Jesus really yelled at. As it is, Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, many kinds of people are needed, yet there is one church, 
people who have what are called disabilities are still very much made up in the image of God. People with what we call disabilities of any kind are critical to the whole. They're critical to the healthy body of Christ. They bring value and they bring dignity and gifts that are more precious and more extraordinary because of who they are, because of what they teach us about love and acceptance, humility, forgiveness, because they teach us about God. Ordinarily, when it's discovered that a couple is going to be giving birth to a child with autism or Down syndrome, the overwhelming advice is to abort if there's time. The overwhelming advice if there's not time is to give the child to an institution. That's what the Longs were told when they gave birth to their second son, Clayton, who has spastic cerebral palsy. He can't speak and he can't walk on his own. But they simply couldn't take this advice. They couldn't give up their child. They refused. And today, Clayton is in their home with his older brother, Connor. Now, Connor loved his brother deeply, but he really couldn't find a way for them both to enjoy activities together because of this this divine. Until he discovered that Clayton loved to go fast. And Connor loved to pull him fast. A bond was formed, and the seven- and five-year-old brothers actually trained for and competed in the 2011 Nashville Kids Triathlon. And together, they crossed the finish line. Connor pulling uh, Caden every single step of the way. Now they finished last, you know, but who cares? Obviously not Sports Illustrated, who named the kids Sports Kids of the Year. Imagine that. Now this is the power and possibilities that exist in this kind of love, this kind of acceptance, not in spite of disability. This kind of love exists because of disability. And this is what Paul is talking about for the beyond ordinary church. We together focus on what we love to do and then bring everyone, everyone, everyone alongside to do it. It's called Ubuntu. Do you remember Ubuntu? Two two, two or three years ago, we studied the book Ubuntu. We learned that it's a South African phrase that recognizes that we are all interdependent, that we are all inextricably linked in our health and our woundedness, in our wholeness and our brokenness. Ubuntu understands the great value in the dignity and compassion and humanness and respect for human, the humanity of the other, no matter what. Because no longer in Ubuntu can anything be divided into us and them. It's only us. It's always us. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, one of my personal heroes, said, A person with Ubuntu 
is open and available to others, affirming of others, does not feel threatened that others are able and good. It's based on self-assurance that comes from knowing that he or she belongs to a greater whole and is diminished when others are diminished or humiliated or tortured or oppressed. It's a connection. Young Connor, the older brother who pulled uh, his other brother along the way, he puts it this way. The one thing that makes me really mad is when people walk down the road and say the R word. You know what that is. I just tell them it doesn't matter what he looks like on the outside. It matters what's on the inside. Seven-year-old. Paul wrote later to these same Corinthians. He wrote that this whole body of Christ is a priceless treasure held in a fragile jar of clay. He spoke about uh, his own weakness openly and how God's strength is perfected in our weaknesses. Think of that. Our, God's strength is perfected in our weaknesses. Not in spite, but because of our weaknesses. Think literally for a moment about this metaphor, the body of Christ. Think about the body that Jesus held. What kind of body might he have had? I'll tell you, it was not like buffed, Hollywood, you know, model, like you might see in the movies. Historians tell us that he was probably short and probably had a nose as big as mine. The scripture tells us that the bones and his joints were pulled out on the cross. And he was stabbed. He was nailed to that cross. He showed Thomas the holes and the scars that he still had in his hands. And it's not that the body itself is aesthetically pleasing. In fact, any hospital nurse will tell you that the body's pretty messy. And the beyond ordinary church can also be messy. That's not the point. The beauty of the body, like Connor said, is on the inside. Who are we on the inside? And that magical beauty can only be seen when we challenge and subdue our first instincts to be exclusive and special. To be looking good on the outside instead of being open to real compassion. We want not only to understand and accommodate our differences, but also to see through how our differences are our delight and how we delight and exist in the differences the delight that exists in every single one at the same table, all together. The Beyond Ordinary Church goes beyond simple morality or humanist philosophy that bonds people together through common loyalties and is shared relations. You know, just because we like the same things, we think the same way, that's just not enough. That's pretty ordinary and expected. 
the Beyond Ordinary Church recognizes the worth of every single person we encounter and takes steps to seek out the difference with extraordinary welcome. Paul says, this is what church is supposed to be. The Beyond Ordinary Church is beyond denominations. It's even beyond religion. To really follow Jesus is to be authentic with one another, not spiritually superior, to risk vulnerability because we love one another beyond the boundaries of morality. We love one another beyond the moral righteousness. To follow Jesus is to be inclusive, not hateful of others who disagree with us, claiming our superiority over others. Jesus calls his church to be, with, to be filled with extraordinary love, radical acceptance, and astonishing inclusivity. Astonishing inclusivity. I believe we want to be that kind of church and maintain this kind of openness where every single person has an opportunity to live fully, to love extravagantly, and to be all that they can be in the infinite variety that makes us the very image of God. And that's found complete only in the totality of our immense, diverse humanity. Because it's there that we will truly find the body of Christ. It's there we will find life and love and wholeness no matter what. Because, friends, fullness of life and unconditional love, above all, is what God is all about. Amen?